God, we love you. And we praise you this morning. God, this morning as we set aside this time to to dig into your word and to talk about, about multiplying, being disciples who make disciples who make disciples, God, I just pray that you would speak through me this morning, that it wouldn't be my words up here, that it wouldn't be human words talking to human people, but it would be your words talking to your people and your place on your day. God, this is all about you, and we just give you all the glory and all the praise this morning. Would you open our hearts and open our minds as we open our word? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we are in week two of, uh, of Multiply here. I mean, last week, uh, we opened it up just kind of by and the whole goal of Multiply, right, is talking about being a disciple who makes disciples who makes disciples until the kingdom of God is, is full and all peoples on earth are reached, right? This is, this, is what being, this is what Multiply is all about. It's about disciples making disciples. And so uh, we started last week just kind of laying the foundation. What is a disciple, right? If we're going to be disciples who make disciples, and we need to know what a disciple is first. And so we talked about how as a disciple, we need to be just be, be giving up all of ourselves, all of who we are for the glory of God. All right, we looked at the story of the disciples who, who just left everything immediately and followed Jesus. Right? And then we talked about holding on so loosely to the things that are ours and so tightly to God that we give up everything that is of us for the glory of God. And we obey his mission. We go out and we become fishers of men, as the as scripture said last week. And so, so this week, we're going to kind of, kind of move on from there a little bit, right? We, we kind of understand what a disciple is. We understand uh, what is a disciple, right? We're going to now, this week, kind of talk about what do we do as a disciple? What is the job of a disciple? Right? What is it exactly that, that Jesus is, is asking us to do? Right? And there's a, there's a great passage in Matthew chapter 28. If you want to turn to, <clears throat> to Matthew chapter 28 with me, uh, it's kind of going to be our, our home base for, for today. Uh, Matthew chapter 28, starting at verse 16, uh, starting, uh, this is known as the Great Commission, right? We're going to talk about the Great Commission today as Jesus commissions his disciples, of which we are one. Matthew chapter 28. Starting at verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go, make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. I want to I look this morning at the Great Commission kind of through the, through the lens of, of almost like a covenant with, with each other. As, as we covenant together to, to be disciples who make disciples, to be disciples who, who take this great commission seriously. Right, so as, as we read this, I, I want to just, just note a few things about a church who takes this seriously. And, and I want to, to challenge us to be this church. Right? Because a church who, who takes this, this, this great commission seriously is going to be first and foremost a church 
who trusts in the authority of God. We're going to be a church who trusts in the authority of God. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Jesus says. Right? All authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. This is, this is a foundation for, for everything that we're going to talk about today and everything that we're going to do as a disciple, that the authority is Jesus's. Jesus has been given all the authority on heaven and on earth. This is actually a theme in the book of Matthew, this, this theme of authority. Right? Ten times in the book of Matthew, up to this point, which is the last verses in Matthew, right? so ten times in Matthew, Matthew talks about the authority of Jesus. The authority of Jesus. And not just, and he talks about the power of Jesus too, but it's one thing to have the power. It's another thing to be able to have the authority to use that power. Right? In Matthew, Jesus is, is interpreting scriptures and people ask him, where did, where did this authority come from? Where does he have the authority to do this? Right? And Jesus in Matthew chapter 28 says, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Right? This is a, this is a, a universal kind of authority, right? Heaven and earth kind of sums it up really well, right? All authority has been given to me on heaven and on earth. This is a universal authority. I mean, think about it. In the book of Matthew, we've seen Jesus' authority over, over things like demons, right? We see, we see Jesus throw demons out of people. We see Jesus just, just healing people. We see the authority of Jesus in, in, in healing people's demons and pulling demons out of people. We see it we see it in disease, right? We see Jesus healing diseases, going around. He's healing people. He's healing the blind men. He's healing the lepers. He's raising people from the dead, right? We see all these things in, in Matthew about Jesus' authority, right? He's got a, a, authority over disease. He's got the authority over demons. He's got authority over sins, right? Not just to, not just to, to kind of point out the sins, but also to forgive the sins, Matthew says. Right? He has the authority over sins. He has the, the authority over suffering. Right? Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, for my burden is easy, and my yoke is light. Right? This is, this, he has authority over, even over our suffering. Right? Jesus has the authority over nature. Right? We see, we see the, Jesus walking on the water. We see him calming storms. We see all this, all this kind of authority that Jesus shows us in, in the book of Matthew and in the Gospels. And we look at, and Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. It's mine. It's been given to me. Right? And this is not like a, it's not a dictatorship kind of authority. Right? Jesus isn't saying, like, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, so you go do this. No, that's not, that's not what it's about. It's not about that. It's not an, an authoritarian kind of thing. I think, actually, Psalm 148 says this really well. <clears throat> Psalm 148, if you want to turn there, it's on page 448 in our Bibles if you need it. It says, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him in the heights above. Praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all his heavenly hosts. Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the skies. Let them praise the name of the Lord, at his, for at his command they were created. And he now established them forever and ever. 
He issued a decree that will never pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures and all ocean depths, lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do his bidding, you mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all cedars, wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds, kings of all the earth and all nations, you princes and all rulers of earth, young men and women, old men and children, let them praise the name of the Lord, for his name alone is exalted. His splendor is above the earth and the heavens, and he has raised up for his people a horn, the praise of all his faithful servants of Israel, the people close to his heart. Praise the Lord. I mean, you see the authority of, of God in this. You see the authority that's been given to Jesus, right? The authority that, that has the angels praising him, that has the heavenly host praising him. The sun and the moon are praising him. We see all of the, the creatures on the earth are praising him. We see this, this universal kind of authority that Jesus is claiming to have here, right? All the authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus has a universal authority that we can trust in. But it's also a very purposeful kind of authority. It's a very purposeful kind of authority. Like I was saying, it's not an authoritarian kind of authority where, where Jesus is saying, all authority has been given to me, so you go do this. No, instead, I think what he's saying is, I have all things at my disposal to help you in this mission that I am giving you. It's not just the, I have all the authority, so I'm sending you out now so you can go do this. It's, it's saying, I have, all, I have all the authority on heaven and on earth, and because of that, I have everything at my disposal to help you along in this mission that we are going to, to go after. How we get that in the end when he says, surely I'm with you always. He's not, he's not saying, like, you go, and I'm, I'm going to have all the authority, but I'm leaving now, but I'm sending you out to go. From my authority, I'm sending you out to go. There is part of that, right? Because of the authority of Jesus, we do go. But we don't go alone. And we don't go without this authority of Jesus. This authority of Jesus goes with us. All right, if you read in the book of John, if you turn to the book of John, John chapter 15 with me. John chapter 15 is, is mostly known for, for the vine and the branches, right? This, this story that's told that Jesus tells about the, the vine and the branches. You are the vine and I am the branches. Remain in you, remain in me, and I will remain in you, right? This is kind of the theme of this, of this chapter. Right, but in, in, in chapter 15, we'll just read two of these verses. We're not going to go over this whole parable this morning. But verses 7 and 8, they say this, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. I think we can, we, 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 if we connect these, we can see, like, it's, it's to my Father's glory that you bear fruit. If you need anything, you ask me, and it will be given to you. As long as you are remaining in me, and my words remain in you, Whatever you need, because we're in this together. All the authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. We, we, we want to be a church that, that trusts in the authority of Jesus. And here's the coolest thing about this. When we become a church and when we become individuals who trust in the authority of Jesus, what happens is this, that our success is no longer based on what you can do, or what I can do, or even what we can do together. Our success is based completely 
on Jesus Christ and what he can do in and through us as we go out and live for him. I mean, think about that for a second. When we trust in the authority of Jesus, the weight just gets lifted off of us because it's not on us anymore. Right? We obey. We obey the mission of Christ, which we're going to talk about in a second. We obey, but we, when we trust in the authority of Jesus Christ, Jesus promises us that he will accomplish it through us. I think that's powerful this morning. I don't know about you, but I want to be a person, and I want to be a part of a church who trusts in the authority of Jesus Christ as the ultimate authority. It's not on you. It's not on me. We trust in Jesus. Let's go back to Matthew. Matthew chapter 28 again. And we'll read verse, uh, verse 19 together. Right? All authority, we read, all authority has been given to me. He says, therefore go. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Here's, here's another truth I think that we need to, to see about a church who really, who really takes this commission seriously is we need to, we need to obey this Jesus' strategy, if you will. This is the mission. This is the strategy that Jesus is giving us here. We need to obey. Right? All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me, so go. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them. This is, this is the strategy. Right, and if you look at Jesus' life, this is exactly what he was doing. Right, you look at how he, how he taught the people in his, in his crowds. Right? He, was, he was compassionate on them. He cared about them. Right, he, he did. He baptized them. He taught them. Right, he went out. Jesus was never stationary. He never expected everyone just to come to him. He would travel along. He would go. And he made disciples. And he baptized people in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And he taught them to obey everything that he's commanded, just like this teaches us. Now, there are the disciples, on the other hand. They didn't really quite get this strategy all the time. Right? You see this in Jesus. Jesus, is ne- Jesus never, really, never really falters from this. Right, but you see the disciples at times, like they go out and they're doing things for Jesus. Like in Luke 9, Jesus sends them out and they're just, they come to this city who's just really putting up a resistance. Right, and the disciples, they just want to, they, they even ask Jesus, Jesus, can we just call down fire from heaven on these people? Right, they are just not obeying. They're not coming. Let's just throw down fire on these people. And Jesus says, no, no hold, hold on a second. Right, but that's, 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 the, that's kind of the, the humanness of this all, right? We, our strategies, we think of way, a lot of different ways to, to try and do this and try and do that, right? And when it doesn't work out, we get frustrated, right? But Jesus says, go, make disciples, baptize them, teach them to obey everything I've commanded. This is what Jesus does. This is the strategy. And it worked. It worked. You and I are here today in this building because the disciples of Jesus trusted in this process. Go, make disciples, 
Baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded them. You and I are here today because of this. Because it worked. Because these 12 men, they went out and they, they did it. Right? They did it. I think about this. Last week, we were, or a couple weeks ago, we were talking about something about this, but Jesus dies, he's resurrected, and he's about to go up to heaven again. There are two points in scripture where you think Jesus would, would just give him like the, the speech, like the motivational, like just go get him kind of speech, right? One of them is, is at the Last Supper, and what does Jesus do at the Last Supper? He washes his disciples' feet. And one of them is here in the end of Matthew where Jesus is about to go back into heaven and he just, he tells them, this is what you're going to do. Go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and, teach them, and teaching them to obey all the commands I've given you. Parting words. Jesus understands like if this is going to work, they need to do this. This is, this is the strategy. This is, this is how it works. Right, these, are the, these are the last instructions. This is, this is the primary responsibility of us, me and you as disciples. Go, make disciples, baptize them, teach them to obey all the commandments that I've given you. Right? This, is our primary, this is our primary responsibility. Here's, here's the thing. The how always changes. The how always changes. Right? Doing ministry in Corinth was a completely different animal than doing ministry and emphasis than it was in Philippi, right? Paul has all these letters that go out to all these different places. They're all struggling with different things. The how of this is always done differently in every single different context. The what never changes. The message never changes. Go, make disciples, baptize them, teach them to obey the commandments. That never changes. The how always changes. Why? Because people change. People are different. The strategy's got to change. The strategy has to be different. The strategy is always, always evolving because people are always evolving. But here's the thing the message never changes. The message never changes. And the main strategy, the primary strategy, never changes. Go, make disciples, baptize them, teach them. What are we teaching them? We're teaching them the gospel. The gospel never changes. The message never changes. The how always changes. Sometimes we get focused on the how. We get focused on, on, on how things are being done and how we're doing this and how we're doing that and instead of focusing on the what. Instead of focusing on the purpose. So here's the thing. Christ is our vision. And making disciples is the mission. Christ is the vision. Making disciples is the mission. And I, I love, I've, I talk about this movie all the time. If you haven't seen it yet, you just need to go see it. Evan Almighty. All right? It's a kid's movie. It's PG. You can, you can get it. 
there's this scene. I watched it again this morning on YouTube. There's this scene where God, played by Morgan Freeman, who, like, that's his, like, he was put on earth to play God in movies, right? Like, that's his thing. Like, he gets that, right? Morgan Freeman plays God in this movie. They're at a restaurant, and it's Noah's wife at this restaurant. Noah's, uh, Evan, right? But it's the Noah story, okay? So, his wife is in, the, in this restaurant, and, and God appears, and he's her server. And after talking, he, he has this conversation with her, and he says, if God, if you, if, if you pray for patience, do you think God gives you patience, or does he give you opportunities to be patient? If you pray for courage, does God give you courage? Or does it give you opportunities to be courageous? Right, here, here's the thing about, about making disciples. Right, we can sit here and we can pray all day long. God, we just want to make disciples. We want to be a church that goes and that makes disciples. We just don't know how. Now, when we pray that God would make us disciples who make disciples. Do you think he just does it? Or does he give you opportunities to make disciples? Does he give you opportunities to share the word, to share the message that you've been given, to share your story about how you came to Christ? Think about this. If I, if I told you this week that someone in your life was going to ask you to share them Christ, to share Christ with them. Do you have a plan? Do you know what you would say? And here's the thing, if the answer is no, then the, the saddest part about that is you probably weren't planning on leading someone to Christ anyways. And if you don't have a plan, and someone comes and asks you, hey, I want you to share your life with me, share Christ with me, which probably won't happen just like that. <laughs> probably a little different than that. Are you just going to leave them hanging? Here's the thing. I've been praying for this church, that we would be disciples who make disciples who make disciples. I think it's time to start having a plan and knowing how to do it, knowing how to share your story, knowing how to, how to lead someone to Christ, right? Because that's the primary responsibility of you and of me as disciples. Go and make disciples, baptize them and teach them. That never changes. The how always changes but the what never changes. The purpose never changes. Jesus says, go. Make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all my commandments that I've given you. And then at the very end, he gives us this little tidbit of hope. And surely, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. Right, we, want to be, we want to be a church that trusts in his authority. We want to be a church 
that kind of obeys the strategy of Jesus. Go and make disciples, baptizing them and teaching them. But we want to be a church who depends on the presence of God. Right, here's, here's the cool thing about this, right? This is, this is the last verse of Matthew. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. If you go to Matthew chapter 1, right? This is kind of how, how it starts, right? Matthew chapter 1, verses, verse 22. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said to the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. Right, so at the very beginning of, of, of Matthew, God is with us. At the very end of Matthew, surely I am with you always in the very end of the age. Right? God is with us. In the middle, what do you have? You have God constantly with his disciples, constantly teaching his disciples, constantly reaching out and caring for people and healing, for pe- healing people and just doing miracles and, and changing people. Right? We have God here with us. And then you can imagine this, like God, God with us, and then God, and Jesus, goes to the cross and he dies. And then three days later, he's back. Can you imagine the disciples at this point? The disciples who, some of them were still expecting like a, a military overthrow of the Romans, right? They were still kind of expecting like this, we're going to overthrow everything, we're going to run everything now. Jesus dies, Jesus comes back, and they think, we have an immortal king. Let's go, baby. And then Jesus leaves again. But he gives them this. Surely I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Right, and John, he tells us, it's better that I have to go. Because after me comes the, basically paraphrasing, the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will be in you. He will, be in, he will reign in you. He will be in your hearts. Surely I am with you always, even to the very end of the age. I think it's promised over and over again in the Gospels that Jesus will be with us, that God will be with us. Why does he say it again here? And I think here, here's what I want to leave you with this morning is this. I don't think we'll realize the power of of the presence of God until we really truly begin to participate in the mission of God. I'm going to say that again. I don't think that we will ever fully experience the power of the presence of God until we give ourselves to the mission of God to go and to make disciples, to baptize them and to teach them. I don't know about you, I want to be someone, and I want to be a part of a church who depends on the presence of God, who knows that we can't do this on our own, who knows that it's not even worth it to do it on our own, that we need God. I want to be a part of a church that trusts the authority of God, that that obeys the mission of God, to go and to make disciples, to baptize and to teach, and relies on the presence of God, knowing that we can't do it on our own. And this is what it's all about. This is the Great Commission. And here's the thing about the Great Commission. Some of us have, you know, we've grown up thinking the Great Commission is, is for missionaries, right? It's for those people. Right? If you call yourself a disciple of Jesus Christ, this Great Commission is for you. Amen. Plain and simple. And if we're not obeying the Great Commission, 
If we're not going forward and if we're not living for Christ, if we're not going forward and, and living this great commission to go and to make disciples, to baptize them, to teach them, if we're not obeying the strategy of Christ here in the great commission, right, there's a part of me that feels like Matthew 7 is for us. Some will say to me, Lord, Lord, did I not prophesy in your name? Did I not cast out demons in your name? And I will say to them, depart from me because I never knew you. I think there are a lot of people in churches all around the nation, all around the world today, who are sitting in church, who are worshiping, who feel like they get it. And on that day, we'll hear, depart from me because I never knew you. It's not enough just to know. We've got to go out. The parting words of Jesus were not, go, find a church, sit, and learn all you can about me. He was, go, make disciples of all nations, baptize them, and teach them. That's it. I need to repent this morning because that hasn't been my life. I haven't really gone out and made disciples. I haven't put an emphasis on, on, on teaching them the commands. I haven't put an emphasis, emphasis on, on baptizing people. I've been pretty good just coming to church on Sundays and preaching and being with you guys. I've been convicted this week that it can't continue like that. If we're not a church that goes out and makes disciples, what are we doing here? This can't just be a holy huddle. This can't just be a place that we come and we sing and we open up the word and we go home and do our own thing. And I'm in. This is what I want my life to look like. I want my life to look like go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and teaching them to obey. I mean, it's cool hanging out with you guys on Sundays, don't get me wrong. <laughs> it's not what it's about. And I hope you hear me out on that this morning. And I hope you go home thinking, is that what I've made it? What is my life? I hope you're challenged this morning by the Great Commission. I know I am. Let's pray together. God, we love you. And this morning, God, we just express our need for you. God, this morning, I want to be a person and I want to be a part of a church who trusts in your authority. God, I want to be a person, I want to be a part of a church who obeys your command, who obeys the Great Commission. 
to go and to make disciples of all nations. God, I want to be a person, I want this to be a church where we depend on your presence so fully that we can't imagine it any other way. God, would you be with us this week as we go? Lord, we always have these words in our mind. Go, make disciples, baptize them, teach them. God, as we read through this Multiply book, would we be challenged this week? As we're in our small groups, would we be challenged this week? God, we trust you with our lives. And because of that, we say this morning, we're all in. We're all in. God, we love you and we praise you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you stand with me? Let me just pray a prayer of blessing over you. let your hands receive this. May the God of all glory and the God of all peace, may the God who calls you to, to go and to make disciples go with you this week. As we pray to be disciples and make disciples, may he give you opportunities to do just that this week. And may you make a difference for the kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. One piece this morning. Thank you for coming.